Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you again, brothers and sisters, for tuning in. The recording has just now started on Poet Radio. We're going to stand up and face Jerusalem and get right into our prayer for this um, evening. And then we're going to get into the what we believe. Again, we're going to get into the what we believe, brothers and sisters. And then we're going to go ahead and get right into our lesson today, which is when will we see our loved ones again. Again, when will we see our loved ones again? Sister Viola Rogers tuning in from Chicago, right? Chicago is in the building. Yes. So again, we want to say thank you in advance for your, all your love and your support. At this time, brothers and sisters, if you guys would share the lesson, we will appreciate it. Let's see. And we're doing the same thing that we're asking you to do. Let's see. Got one more share I want to do. Let's see. Let's go to post. There we go. Okay. Well, I can't find it. <laughs> I can't find a live feed on my other page, but it's all good. Again, brothers and sisters, we thank you all for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time national award-winning POET radio. Let's go ahead and stand up and face Jerusalem and get right into our Bible class and our Bible lesson tonight, which is when will we see our loved ones again? Again, tonight's lesson is when will we see our loved ones again? Let's stand up and face Jerusalem. Father God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we come before you today, Father God, as your sheep. And we're asking you to lead us and guide us, Father God, into all knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Father God, this lesson tonight is a very emotional lesson for many of us concerning those of us who are experiencing death in our families and loss of loved ones. We ask that you comfort us, guide us tonight, guide us to a comforting word and a comforting spirit, Father God. Father God, we pray this prayer. We ask these things in your son, Jesus, Yahshua name. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, again, tonight's lesson is dedicated to our brother, Amin Ra, one of the poets in Chicago that passed away Sunday. And um, we are going to get into our lesson tonight, which is when will we see our loved ones again? Let's go ahead and go into the what we believe. Again, let's go ahead and go into the what we believe. All right, let's go to Sister Key. 
The Bible Class Truth Hour is an online social media Bible-based ministry where we teach the uncut word of God as it is written in the scripture, line upon line, precept upon precept, Isaiah 28 and 10. Our mission is to lead as many souls to Jesus the Christ so that through the word of God and the keeping of the commandments, we may receive salvation. Our motto is, if you cannot read it, then do not believe it. Here's what we believe, number one. We believe in the name of Jesus. We have no dispute with those who want to use the Hebrew version or the Latin version of the name, such as Yahweh, Yahshua, Isu, or Isua, or any other variation of the name. We have no issues and no problems with that, brothers and sisters. But we here on this Bible class primarily use the English version of the name Jesus because our people that tune in and listen, that's the language that we speak. Here's what we believe. Number, number two, we believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Number four, we believe in the seven feast days of the Lord as listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Number five, we believe that we, the so-called African-Americans, and those that were spread throughout the four corners of the world by way of the transatlantic slave trade are indeed Israelites. And all the Lord's statutes, laws, and commandments apply to us. Number six, we believe that we must keep the law to the best of our ability. Number seven, we believe that we must keep the Lord's dietary law according to Leviticus the 11 chapter. So we eat no pork, no shrimp, no lobster, no snail, no catfish, or any other beast that is can or fowl or fish that is deemed to be that is deemed to be unclean according to the beast, the law of the beast that may be eaten and that may not be eaten in Leviticus the 11 chapter. Number eight, we believe that both the scriptures or Old Testament and the testimony or New Testament must be used when teaching the word of God. You can't be an Old Testament scholar or New Testament Christian. You must be both, Isaiah 8 and 20. We don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. We don't believe in the Trinity doctrine. We don't believe in the cross or images or holidays that originated in the worship of other gods, such as Easter, which originated from the female goddess of fertility, Ishtar. We don't believe in Christmas, which originated in many of the sun gods that many of these nations worshipped. We don't believe in Christmas. These are anti-Christ according to the word of God and according to the Bible. Number 10, we believe that salvation through Jesus is for all people, no matter what race, color, or nationality, Revelation 7 and 9. Brothers, at this time, if you would be so kind as to remove your head coverings or your hats if you have any. Sisters, at this time, if you would be so kind to place a head covering over your head in order for us to be in compliance with the word of God as listed in the New Testament. So we're not saying anything or sharing anything with you that's not written in the word of God. And we don't want to say, well, that's that's what the Jews do, or that's what Moses did, or that, that's what the Old Testament did. No, we're sharing stuff with you that came out of the New Testament, <laughs> brothers and sisters. So again, we want to thank you in advance for all of those things that we read off to you and that you uh, have been listening to this evening. So again, 
We are dedicating tonight's show to our brother Amin Ra, one of the poets in Chicago, good brother who passed away. Um, again, I grew up with the brother, um, childhood friend of mine, and as many of us who lose a loved one, it is very, very hurtful, and it is an emotional thing. So let's go ahead and get into our lesson tonight, brothers and sisters. And the lesson, of course, is again, when will we see our loved ones again? When we read the word of God and we understand that death was not a, God, a part of God's original plan. And um, let me do one more thing. Sister Key, you, you, you got me slipping over here. We didn't bring on our YouTube listeners. Let's go ahead and bring on our YouTube listeners, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and bring on our YouTube listeners. And uh, and I apologize, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and bring on our YouTube listeners. And YouTube listeners coming in uh, 10 seconds. All right. And peace and blessings, YouTube. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour. We're here on the four-time national award-winning POET radio. We ask that you, number one, subscribe to our channel and share these lessons as you receive it. And if you like it, then leave a comment and um, hit the bell also as well so you can be alerted in future lessons. Tonight's lesson is death is a part of the process of eternal life. When will we see our loved ones again? Tonight's lesson is dedicated to the passing, one of our brothers in the poetry community here in Chicago, who went by the name of Brother Armin Ra Armand Mac Williams. Now, as I was stating before we brought the YouTube on, when we read the word of God, we understand that death was not a part of the original plan of God's creation, nor his plan for man. But because of man's disobedience, and we got to go right there, sin entered into the world, and through sin came death. Again, sin entered into the world, and through sin came death. Now, death has become a part of the process of life, but how do we put our loved ones? death in perspective. And that's what this is all about. What perspective do we have of death, brothers and sisters? And how do we put the perspective of death in place as to what we have to look forward to? Now, we know that everyone has a birth date and everyone has a death date, right? But what matters is that dash that's in between. What are you doing with your dash? There's a season for everything, brothers and sisters. Now, my mentor, um, Brother Minister Raheem Octon, texted me about Sunday morning, about 10 o'clock in the morning, and broke the news to me that Many people in the Chicago poetry community shortly after learned that our brother had passed away. And I was in the Bahamas at the time, so my heart was just broken, just destroyed. I had just talked to the brother, you know, maybe like a week prior or a week before. 
and he was fighting you know his um his attitude and his personality personality was very strong although his body was decaying i think he got down to like 120 pounds went from 200 and something to like 120 pounds so after whatever we've experienced, brothers and sisters, I still confess that God is still good because he has a plan and he has a plan for man, right? Even with death now being a part of his creation. Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. The book of Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. The book of Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, and we're gonna read verses one through four. Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 through 4, and it reads, To everything there is a season and a time, and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. So to everything there is a season. What season are you and I in today? Let's go down, brothers and sisters, to verses seven and eight. Seven and eight, and it reads, a time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. That is a lesson itself within a lesson that you can't say everything that's on your mind just because it's on your mind. There's a time to speak and a time to keep silence. Verse eight, a time of love and a time of hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Let's go down to verses. 19 and 20, and it reads, For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts, even one thing befalleth them, as the one dieth, so dieth the other. Yeah, they have all one breath, so that a man has no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. All go unto one place. All are of the dust and all turn to dust again. When we think more of ourselves, so when we think that we are more than what we actually are, God keeps reminding us that you are nothing but dust. But because you have my spirit inside of you, the breath that I gave you inside of your body, that makes you something, but absent of me, you are nothing. We are nothing but dust and nothing but dirt. Go and get into the bathtub today and stay there about 30 minutes and then drain the water out the bathtub. You're going to have a dirt ring around the bathtub, brothers and sisters, because that's our makeup. We come from the earth. But the question is, when will we see our loved ones again. Let's go to the book of Psalms, the 23rd chapter. We are referred to as sheep in the Bible, brothers and sisters. But I want you to know that we have a good shepherd, even Jesus, who even in times like these comforts us. 
He protects us and provides peace for us if we understand his word, but we really don't understand his word. Many people think that death is it. That's all it is. That ain't no, nothing else after death. But if you live in Chicago in any major city, most of us have a, a train system or a train line, right? Ours is called the L. And on my side of town, the south side, we call that the red line, right? So on the red line, you may start the south side is at 95th Street. And you can go all the way up north, right? But you start at 95th Street, and then you get to 87th, and then you get to 79th, right? And then you get to uh, 69th, I believe, is the next stop. And then 55th. So if death is at 79th on that stop of the train, just because death is at that stop don't mean that that's the end, brothers and sisters right? What comes after death? There's another stop after death called eternal life. Your first start is birth. You are birthed into the world. Your second stop is your growth and development and your learning in your adolescent stage. Your third stop could be adulthood. We learn in how to live responsible on our own, absent of our parents. And then we get into trouble. That might be another stop. We make bad decisions and we do things that we're not proud of. We find ourselves caught up in a situation. And then the next stop might be a reconciliation or an atonement for the sins that we've committed. Now we're bouncing back and we're taking all those bad things that we did and all those experiences. And we say, man, I'm going to use these experiences to help somebody else. And we become mentors and activists in our community. And then we grow older at the next stop. And then the next stop, we pass away. But there's a stop after that stop. That stop is called eternal life, brothers and sisters. So eternal life is the ticket, and that's what we want to shoot for. But the question is, when will we see our loved ones again? When will I see my brother Amin Ra again? When will I see my 15-year-old son who passed away from cancer again? When will I see my brother, my dad again? Brothers and sisters, we've had some losses. Let's go to the book of Psalms 23, 1 and 6, and let's read the word of God and see what it says. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For God, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy when I talk to my brother. And he was going through chemotherapy and brain surgery. He's like, Ice, man, I got to make a decision right now. The doctors just came in. He's like, man, you, you got about 10 minutes to make a decision. You want to remove this cancer out of your brain and have this cancer uh, and have this brain surgery, or you want to take your chance and let it grow? And this brother explaining to me the pain and the decisions that he made. All I could think about is, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I would feel no evil. Bring it to me. 
bring on your worst. I can take it is what my brother was saying. And he fought as long as he could fought until he couldn't fight no more. But now it's God's job to take over from here. He's resting. He got his rest now, brothers and sisters. At verse five, it says, you prepared the table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anointed my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. That's the end goal. The end goal is to live in the house of God forever. But remember, flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So all of us have to take off this flesh and blood body at some point in some time. Some of us would take it off sooner than others. And some of us would take it off a little bit later and live into our, our 90s, brothers and sisters. But even in death, there is hope in Jesus, right? The only thing that can separate us from God's love is us. Many of us do things that are wrong and we walk that life and we've had that journey where we made some state mistakes, right? But we did those things without full understanding of the word of God. But now as we grow and mature, in our spiritual self, and that foundation, we start to change our minds and we start to change our walk. And in changing our minds and in changing our walk, we begin to change our lives. Let's go to Romans, the eighth chapter, 35 to 39. Romans, the eighth chapter, verses 35 to 39. Brothers and sisters, we've all been there at this point in this place where we're at now some of us are here right now but this word there was a need for me to come on here tonight to be with you and there was a need for you to come on here tonight and to be with me because sometimes the teacher needs encouragement sometimes the teacher needs comfort brothers and sisters yeah i know these things but when life hits sometimes it hit different right when it's you it hits a little bit different it's easy to tell someone well sister crystal i know what you're going through hold on to god's unchanging hands things are going to be restored with your place god is going to uh give you that peace that you've been looking for it's easy for me to encourage somebody else right but when we are the ones that need the encouragement, brothers and sisters. It's a little bit different there. Let's go to Romans, the eighth chapter, verses 35 through 39. Romans 8, 35 through 39, and it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Christ, brothers and sisters, mean anointed one, okay? Shall tribulation do it? You've been going through tribulation in your life. Can tribulation separate us from the love of Christ? It says, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or swore, as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. No, in all things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life 
nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, brothers and sisters. And so God assures us that no matter what we are going through in our lives, as long as we're walking towards God, even when we can't walk anymore, he will begin to carry us. Y'all remember the footsteps in the sand where we saw two sets of footprints walking in one direction? And then all of a sudden, the two footprints changed to one footprint. And then the man asked God, he said, why did you leave me, Lord? When I needed you the most, why is it that you leave me? All I see is one pair of footprints in the sand. Where did you go? And in the parable, the Lord said, no, my son, I didn't go anywhere. When you saw those one set of footprints, it's because I was carrying you through your rough and your difficult time in your life. God carries us, brothers and sisters. But at the end of the day, we have a limited time on this earth. Man only has a short time. Consider how much time we are actually here according to God's time, right? God's time is different from man's time. Now, you've read or you've, um, in previous lessons, we talked about what a day means to the Lord, right? But I could tell you that, but I want to read it to you. I would rather read it because I want you to say, well, Black Ice said this. I want you to say, well, Brother Black Ice read this. So let's go and read it. Let's find out what time is according to God's time. Let's go to 2 Peter, the third chapter, 1 verse 8. 2 Peter, the third chapter, and we're going to do one verse, verse 8. And it reads, but beloved. Be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. So how long are we actually living in God's time, brothers and sisters? Let me give you an example. If one day is 24 hours, right, and we calculating based off of man's time, consider this. If one day to the Lord is a thousand years, if we are blessed to live to see a hundred years old, then guess what? A hundred is 10% of a thousand. And if a thousand years to the Lord is one day, our one day is 24 hours, right? So what's 10% of 24 hours? It's two hours and 40 minutes. So even if we are blessed to be or live to be 100 years old in God's time, that ain't nothing but two hours and 40 minutes. So brothers and sisters, we got to analyze this thing and put this thing in perspective because see, God wants us to live forever, but we can't do it in this flesh and blood body. We need to realize brothers and sisters and accept the fact that time is not really on our side. We need to treat every day as if it is our last day. If it's someone that you need to call, in 
and say, hey, I know we haven't talked to each other in a while. I don't even remember what happened. But whatever I did on my part to cause this division between us, I apologize. I love you. Um, you have always been a friend to me. But life is too short for us to be holding grudges against one another, right? Resenting one another. Don't mean that you have to be back cool as far as them coming over to your house or y'all going out together, but clear the air, brothers and sisters. Life is too short to be holding grudges. Let's go to the book of Job, the 14th chapter. The book of Job, the 14th chapter. Stay focused on God, brothers and sisters, because at the end of the day, he is the one that approves whether we make it into the kingdom of God or not. And it doesn't matter what somebody did to you. It matters how you handled the situation and what you did back to them in return. See, when you are up and it's your turn to be judged, God ain't gonna ask you why you did what you did. Your life is being recorded. You can't justify the wrong that you did based on what's, oh, that person made me mad. Or that person cursed me out. Or this person did this and this person did that. I ain't talking about what that person did. We here discussing what you did with your life. Decisions that you made. So don't let nobody make you so upset, brothers and sisters, where they knock you out of the kingdom of God because you've given in to some type of emotion that is temporary. How many people are in jail today because they gave in to their emotions? You think they feel the same way they felt 10 years ago when they pulled the trigger? You think they feel today what they felt 10 years ago when they committed the crime? No. They gave in to a temporary emotion that led to an everlasting punishment. So when we understand those things, when we start feeling some kind of way, we got to stop. We got to think. We got to talk to somebody that we can trust and that has a sound and level head that can say, you know what? I wouldn't even respond to that. If you look on my YouTube channel, Truth Hour TV, or our YouTube channel, Truth Hour TV, from last week, a sister made a comment. Brother, you snorting like you smoke, like you sniffing cocaine. She was referring to my allergies that I have. And I looked at the comment and the first reaction was to respond because of course we flesh and blood human beings. But I gave it a second. I said, you know what? I'm not gonna even respond to that because it's not about me. And that's what we have to realize at the end of the day. Sometimes we get so conceited and so arrogant what we think it's about us. No, it ain't about us, brothers and sisters. There's a bigger picture here. Let's read Job 14. And we're going to read verses 1 through 15. And it reads, man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. And does thou open thine eyes upon such a one and bringest me into judgment with thee? Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. 
seeing his days are determined, the number of his months are with thee. Thou has appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. So God knew that my brother would only live to see 51 years of life. God knew that my son would only live to see 15 years of life. God has a number and a bounds on each of us that we cannot pass. So you know how, you know, we say, man, you know, that person died early. Or, or that person died. No, that was the amount of time that that person was given to live. And since we don't know what our expiration date is, right? Because inspiration is life if expiration is death. What do you do when you die? You exhale one last time and you let that breath go, right? What do you do when you are alive? You breathe in air. So expiration is death and inspiration is life. So if we're reading the word of God and we're being inspired, then we're being made alive. We're breathing and eating this word. But the word says right here, brothers and sisters, that thou has appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. Turn from him that he may rest till he shall accomplish as in hireling his day. For there is hope of a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout up again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Now, this body is a seed, brothers and sisters. You know how you plant a seed in the ground? And in the darkness of the earth, it begins to germinate and begin to develop and eventually grows into the light of the world. Well, this body is a seed. And when we are done with this life, this seed is planted into the ground, awaiting a resurrection so that we can come up out of the ground in a new body into the light of the Lord, brothers and sisters. And that body that we come up in is an everlasting body. We ain't got to worry about death or dying no more, but we're gonna get there, verse eight. It says, though the root thereof wax old in the earth and the stock thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth bowls like a plant. But man dieth and wasteth away. Yeah, man give up, up the ghost. And where is he? As the waters fell from the sea and the flood decayeth and dryeth up, so man lieth down and riseth not till the heavens be no more. So we got a point in time in which we do rise, in which we do resurrect, brothers and sisters. It said, till the heavens be no more. So it ain't until at least the first resurrection that we are resurrected from the dead. But what happens between now and that time? We rest, brothers and sisters. And God is so good that he takes away our ability to know what's going on in this world. Because how could we rest in peace if we know that my daughter is now hooked on drugs? My daughter is being beaten by her boyfriend. My mom is dying of this and my dad is dying of that and somebody got shot and killed in my family. No, brothers and sisters, God is a God of peace. 
He won't do that to you. When you die, brothers and sisters, your consciousness ceases to exist until you are resurrected, sort of like when we go to sleep at night. When we go to sleep, we don't know what's happening. We don't even know how long we've been asleep until we wake up and look at a clock. Just like that example, brothers and sisters, the dead don't know how long they've been dead. All they know is that one day they close their eyes and when they're resurrection, resurrected, they open their eyes. To them, it's just gonna be like a moment. Although to us, we suffer and we have pain in knowing that it's been one year, it's been two years, it's been five years, it's been 10 years. Man, my, my son's been gone, my mother's been gone, my father's been gone. And we are in more pain than they are, brothers and sisters. They are at peace. Because, but because we haven't been taught the word of God right, we've been told, which is not the truth, that our loved ones are up in heaven looking down on us smiling. Well, if they were given something that they could smile about, they could also be given something that they can cry and frown about. But that's not Bible, brothers and sisters. That's an old traditional thing that was passed down. God is a God that would not torture the dead that way, brothers and sisters. No, when you're dead, you are at peace. And you can't be at peace if you were still conscious of the things that were going on in this world. Verse 13, it says, Oh, that thou wouldest hide me in my grave, that thou wouldest keep in me a secret until thy wrath pass, that thou wouldest appoint me a set time and remember me. So Job ain't asking to go to heaven. All Job is asking for is to hide me in the grave that you should keep me secret until your wrath pass and that you would remember me at a set and appointed time. And so we are waiting on that set appointed time, brothers and sisters that when we are called, that we will answer. Verse 14, if a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. So Job knew that if he died today, he wouldn't be changed. There's a set and appointed time for the change to come, and that's what we must wait on, brothers and sisters. Let's keep on going with our lesson because we got a lot of information. Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter. The book of Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter. This is why we don't teach that doctrine that our loved ones are up in heaven looking down on us smiling. No, brothers and sisters, resting in peace means just what it says. You are resting in peace without any consciousness of anything that's going on in this world. But let's let the Bible say it, right? Let's read it. Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter, verses two and six. Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter, verses two through six. And it reads, all things come alike to all. There is one event to the righteous and one to the wicked, to the good, and to the clean, and to the unclean, to him that sacrifice, and to him that do not sacrifice, as is the good, so is the sinner, and he that sweareth, as he that feareth an oath. 
this is an evil among all things that are done under the sun, that there is one event to all. Yeah, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil and madness is in their heart while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. Wait a minute. It didn't say they go to hell. It didn't say they go to the lake of fire. It didn't say they go to heaven. It says they go to the dead. Verse four, for him that is joined to all the living things, there is hope for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. The dead has no consciousness of things that are happening, brothers and sisters. It says, neither have they any more a reward for the memory of them is forgotten. It's not saying that we're going to forget about them. It's saying that their consciousness, their memory, once they take that last breath, brothers and sisters, there's nothing else for them to think about. They are at peace and total peace. It says also their love, so whoever they loved, that ceases to exist. And their hatred, whoever they hated, when they take their last breath, that hate goes away too. And their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. So this life is for flesh and blood man. The next life, brothers and sisters, is for God. So once our brother is resurrected, once my son is resurrected, long, once our loved ones are resurrected, brothers and sisters, it won't be this world or this life that we live today. It's a whole different thing. This world is ran by Satan. You can bleed, you can die, you can feel hurt, and you can feel pain. But imagine a life where you feel no more hurt and pain. You can't bleed. You can't hurt, brothers and sisters. And this is the life that we look forward to. And it's coming, but it's not here yet. So let's learn a little bit more about this life, right? Now, I keep saying there's hope in Jesus. Let's go to John the sixth chapter and find out when will this be? When will we see our loved ones again? Let's go to John, the sixth chapter, verses 37 through 40. John, the sixth chapter, verses 37 through 40. And Jesus makes it plain and simple. John, the sixth chapter, verses 37 through 40, and it reads, all that the Father gives me shall come to me, and him that come to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And what is the Father's will? Jesus says this, and this is the Father's will which has sent me that of all which he has given me, I shall lose nothing, but shall raise it up again at the last day. The last day ain't here yet, brothers and sisters. And so we are waiting on that day to come. But let's read a little bit further. Verse 40, 
And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believe on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up again at the last day. Let's go to verses 44. Uh, verses 44, and then we're going to read 54. It says, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up again at the last day. Verse 54, whosoever eateth my flesh, right? You got to eat this word. Remember, the word was made flesh. And now that he's no longer flesh and he's back the word, we still got to eat these words, brothers and sisters, and drinketh my blood. We got to drink this word. Have eternal life, and I will raise him up again at the last day. So since the last day ain't here yet, we allow our loved ones to rest in peace until that set and that appointed time when it shall come. We hurt, we mourn, we cry. Because death is a powerful sting, brothers and sisters. It's a very powerful sting, but let us consider one thing. God's word has a promise in it, and have you ever known God to break his promise, brothers and sisters? I ain't never known God to break his promise in the words between Genesis and revelations, I ain't never known God to make or to break his promise. There is a life after this life that God promises us, brothers and sisters. This life that we're living today is just an audition for the life that is to come. This right here, brothers and sisters, is, is, is just a test. Do you qualify to live forever? in the kingdom of God? Well, let's see how you handle this life while I'm considering you for the next life, brothers and sisters. Jesus came and preached one thing, and he also taught one thing. Jesus preached the gospel of the coming of the kingdom of God. That's what he was preaching about, right? And what he was teaching us is what we needed to do to access the kingdom of God when it comes. Let's go to Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses six through 14. Matthew 6, verses 6 through 14. And it reads, But you, when you pray, enter into the closet. And when you have shut the door, pray to thy father, which is in secret, and thy father, which is in secret, shall reward you openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do, but they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you even ask of them. But after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. What is our daily bread? It is the word of God, brothers and sisters. And forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, most people stop there. But I would encourage you to read the next two verses because these are very important two verses. It says, for if, that's the condition, while you sitting there saying that God's love is unconditional, there is no such word as unconditional, brothers and sisters, as it relates to God or you or anybody else. Oh, I love you unconditionally. Well, let that man keep beating you upside the head and see if you stay. Him treating you right is the condition based on your love. And God's love for us is based on the condition of our obedience to him. He said, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. So the condition is, if you forgive men their trespasses, right? But what's going to happen if you don't forgive men their trespasses? Is the father still willing to forgive you for the things that you've done? Let's see, verse 15. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So there's always a condition here, brothers and sisters, when we're dealing with God. He wants us to obey him. He wants us to keep his statutes, his laws, and his commandments. Jesus wanted to teach us how to live, right? Matter of fact, he came down here to live like us in order to show us and to teach us what we needed to do in the body that he actually created for, for us, right? We have a big issue with forgiving people on this earth. Some of us that are here right now ain't speaking to some people for whatever reason. Have you forgiven those who have trespassed against you? And some things are easier said than done. Again, forgiving somebody don't mean that you have to continue to have a relationship with them, brothers and sisters. But sometimes holding on to things can do you damage. You walking around stressed out. Your heart is hurting. You got high blood pressure, hypertension, and all kind of things because you can't let it go. Got to learn how to let things go, brothers and sisters. That's what got us tr in trouble in the wilderness. We just couldn't let Egypt go. We had to still constantly think about it and do some of the things that they were doing in Egypt. We just couldn't let it go. Lot's wife, Lot's wife couldn't let it go. She had to turn around and get one last look. We, we can't let it go. It's easier for us to celebrate somebody when they die and go to their funeral than to see them and celebrate with them while they are alive. I never understood that. I could have a family reunion and a family get together and many people in the family don't go, but let you have a funeral 
family members that you ain't seen in a long time would show up at the funeral. Well, if you could show up at the funeral, why couldn't you show up when the person was alive? We got to change our thinking, brothers and sisters, right? Let's go to Matthew 6, 15 through 21. Matthew 6, 15 through 21, and it reads, Let me make sure I got the right one, brothers and sisters. Is that Matthew 6? Let me just make sure. Okay. Matthew 6, 20 and 21, it says, but lay up for yourselves. I'm doing 20 through 21, um, um, Sister Key. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt. And where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let's go down to verse 24. It says, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and man, brothers and sisters. Verses 33 through 34. And it reads, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the next day, for the next day shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So we worried about tomorrow. We worried about things way in the future. Well, we need to be worried about waking up and getting it right today, brothers and sisters. As some people say, today could be the last day of your life. We just don't know. Now, there are things we must concentrate on in this life, brothers and sisters. The things that we need to concentrate on are the things that will grant us access into the life that is to come. Do we want to be with the Lord forever? We say that, but do we really want that? Let's go to 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, uh, 13 through 18. 1 Corinthians 4. And we're going to read 13 through 18. This life is a hard life, brothers and sisters. Trust me, I know. And I understand, but with the word of God and encouraging one another, we can deal with this. We can get through this. We can get past this, brothers and sisters. The fasting on the day of atonement was just a test. Some of you all like me, I was in pain. I was starving. I was hungry. But I was able to deny myself, right? Can we deny ourselves? the things that are in this world that should not have no place in our lives. This is the struggle that we have. 1 Corinthians 4, and we're going to read verses 13 through 18. It says, being defamed, we entreat, we are made as the fifth filth of the world and are the off-scurring of all things unto this day. I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you, for though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet ye not 
yet yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. For this cause I have sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son, and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. So brothers and sisters, Paul is telling the church here at this particular time that you got many instructors, right? We turn on these YouTube channels, we turn on these Facebook pages and we see this brother teaching here and this brother teaching there, even this sister teaching and that sister teaching there. But it's like out of all these instructors, we know Christ is the head. We got the word of God. It's good to be guided to the word of God. But after the instructors are gone and after the teachers are gone and there's nobody left there but you and the word of God. You got to apply it to your everyday life. This is what we need to do in this life in order for Jesus to grant us permission in the next life. Now, my brother, Amin Ra had some major accomplishments, you know, and the one that I think of most is the one that he worked with children and he mentored children and he taught them how to write poetry. Some of those children to this day call him their father, right? He was an activist. He was a National Spoken Word Award nominee. He was a King of Poetry honoree. He was a national poet and a Black Lions Theater uh, uh, Award recipient. So there were some major stats and a major accomplishments that he made. But brothers and sisters, even with the accomplishments to the side, if we're not doing the work of God, reaching out, to those who are lost, departing God in them, even those who are not aware of the word of God, you can still do the work of God without even knowing the scripture, like some of our brothers and sisters are doing. So I'm glad that this brother mentored these young people and made an impression on them and deposited those things in them. He left a legacy behind. What legacy are you and I leaving behind? So if today is our last day, who have we touched? Who have we inspired? Whose lives have we helped to change? What charity have we done to better the world or better someone else's life? No matter how much accomplishments, again, we have in this life, brother and sisters, the greatest accomplishment that we can have is to make it into the kingdom of God. Now, again, when will we see our loved ones again? Death is a part of the process that leads to eternal life. Now, after we take our last breath, after our body goes back into the ground, after we've rested in our graves, after Jesus completes his work and has his thousand year reign, that's, that's if we don't make it when he, uh, in the first resurrection when he comes back, 
after he defeats that last enemy called death, after Satan and the false prophet are thrown into the lake of fire, then, brothers and sisters, there's a great white throne judgment where everything our life has to be weighed. Everything that we do is being recorded, brothers and sisters. And if our name is not found written in the book of life, which is in heaven, then we won't make it into the kingdom of God. So if we ain't in that first resurrection, which is a resurrection of no judgment, you better make sure that your good outweigh your bad, brothers and sisters, right? So maybe just going to work and coming home ain't enough. Maybe there's some additional things that we need to be doing to show people that God exists and lives in us on this earth. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. Verses 50 to 55, 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. Verses 50 to 55. <clears throat> and it reads. Know this, I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So we all got to give up this body, brothers and sisters. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? And so brothers and sisters, when we are resurrected, when the grave can no longer hold us, because the grave can only hold <clears throat> flesh and blood and bone, right? But it can't hold spirit beings. And so once we are resurrected to our spiritual body, death can't hold us and grave can't hold us, brothers and sisters. And so when it says that last enemy called death has to be defeated, that means that there would be no more flesh and blood bodies. Let's close this thing out because see, once we're resurrected, brothers and sisters, we got to go live somewhere once we're resurrected. So now let's go see where we will live and who we shall be with. Let's go to Revelations, the 21st chapter. And we're gonna read verses two and three. And this is the last place. Revelations 21, verses two and three. When we are resurrected, where is it that we will reunite with our loved ones? When will we see them again? Prayerfully in the kingdom of God, brothers and sisters. After Jesus' thousand year reign, after Satan and the false prophet are thrown into the uh, lake of fire, after the great white throne judgment, 
Well, Satan would be the last one of those three in the lake of fire. So we can join them if we're not living right, but I'm just showing you the chronological order of things. Then there has to be a great white throne judgment, right? If your name is not found written in the book of life, you go into the lake of fire for an eternity. But if your name is found written in the book of life, and our loved one's name is found written in the book of life, then we can see our loved ones again. But where will we be? Let's find out. Revelations 21, two and three. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. So the house of God that's up there, which is the same kingdom that Jesus talked about when he said, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. See, we've been misinformed this whole time saying that, oh, we're going to go up there and be with the Lord. Well, wait a minute. I'm reading right here that the Lord's kingdom was seen by John coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Who prepared it? Didn't Jesus say, I go to prepare a place for you? So wait a minute. So now the kingdom of God is coming down, which is what Jesus told us in the book of Matthew. But where is God going to be? Verse three. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, look. The tabernacle of God, the house of God is with men. So now we know where the house went and where the kingdom went. Came down to this earth where men are. But where is God going to be? It says, and he, talking about God, will live with them, talking about us. So God is coming down here to be with us. So we ain't got to go up there. It says, and he will live with them, and they shall be his people, talking about us, shall be God's people, and God himself shall be with them, talking about us. God is coming to be with us, brothers and sisters. It says, and be their God. So God's kingdom comes first, and then God comes after his kingdom comes, and he's coming to live with us, brothers and sisters. And when he comes, and his kingdom comes, and we who lived in Christ and died in Christ are raised in Christ, we will have access, we will be granted access to the kingdom of God and our new spirit bodies, because remember, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So when we're in this kingdom of God in our new spirit bodies, now we have become God's part of the God family and joint heirs with Christ, brothers and sisters. Oh my God. When will we see our loved ones again? It's coming, brothers and sisters. Some of us is coming sooner than later. And that instance, I mean that once we die, time is no longer a factor for us, right? And so for those who are dead, <clears throat> it's just a moment for them. But for those of us who are still alive, we still counting the days, counting the weeks, counting the months, and counting the years. And we're saying, man, my grandmama went 10 years ago. She went 20 years ago. She went 30 years ago. But your grandmama ain't thinking none of that stuff. 
Your grandmama gonna wake up one day and be like, man, I just closed my eyes. Where am I at? Oh, I'm in the kingdom of God. Oh, that go my daughter, <clears throat> Sister Crystal. That go my granddaughter, Sister Key. My son be like, oh, that go my daddy right there. Although we're not gonna have no relationships like father and mother and husband and wife, those relationships don't exist in the kingdom of God, but we will be able to recognize one another and we will all be brothers and sisters, children of the most high God, with our brother Jesus, brothers and our big brother Jesus. Thank you so much for your time. For those who are on YouTube, if you want to be added to our text message invite reminder list, then text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to 312-719-7311. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.